Well, it's probably been over a month ago that we decided we would do a, a series that was supposed to start last Sunday called Built to Last. And, uh, you know, I just thought, wow. Um, you know, and, um, and um, a couple of weeks, uh, a month ago or so, uh, in June, I preached a sermon called How to Get Through Tough Times. I had no idea how appropriate that would be. And uh, But one of the points we emphasize in that sermon, if you remember, if you were here, we talked about the fact that God has equipped us as Christians to outlast the storm. It's a principle. It doesn't, Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. In other words, you're going to have storms. But the principle is, is that we were built to outlast the storm. And that principle is found in Matthew 7. In verse 24, when it, Jesus said, say, teaching a parable, he said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is, is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, amen, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and winds beat against that house, it, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, there's a, lot, there's a lot of truth in this parable and a lot of things we could talk about that Jesus is emphasizing and wanting us to know here. Uh, but let me give you just some truths that I believe that we, we need to know we need to remember when we experience storms in life. And remember we talked about, you know, in that sermon that everybody's either in the middle of a storm, just came out of a storm, or going, or about ready to go in a storm. You know, really everybody's about one of those three places. And today, I think most people are in a storm, right? But the first truth is this. Storms reveal how stable your life is. You don't really know how stable your life is, but storms reveal that. Storms give you an indication of where you're at in life, how strong you are in your inner man. You don't really know until you experience a storm. You know, these two houses that Jesus referred to, He said there was one man that built his house on sand and one who built his house on the rock, and, and you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know that there's any difference between those two people until the storm came. But when the storm came, you could tell there was a whole lot of difference here, right? And so, you know, it was the storm that revealed what kind of foundation they had built their life on. And you know, honestly, right now is a good time to determine what kind of foundation that we built in our life. It's a great time to do that. To say, man, how, how solid am I? What am I building on? Am I building with wood, hay, and stubble? Or am I building with something that's going to last? Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? If you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Where the reality is you don't know how strong you are until you have trouble. And storms reveal how solid you are. Now, there's three things storm reveal. Number one, storms reveal the quality of your attitude. 
You see, storms have a way of surfacing attitudes in your life that normally you can just keep at bay. But when you go through a storm, it's hard. It floats up to the top. You know, remember when the disciples win the storm with Jesus and, and it looked like they were going to drown and they woke Jesus up. Remember what they said in Mark 4 in verse 38. It says Jesus was asleep in the stern, on a, sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him up and they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, that's not like teacher, don't you care if we drown? I think that was like, hey, hey, wake up. Don't you think, don't you see where we are? And I think it revealed an attitude. And I believe what possessed, uh, or uh, I believe what caused the disciples to ask such a, a ridiculous question, don't you care, is because the storm they were in surfaced an attitude. Has anybody had a chance to have an attitude this week? Don't lie in church. That's not a good idea. Amen. And so I think, I think, you know, what possessed them to ask that question was they had a bad attitude. It was in them. It just surfaced when they went through the storm. And so listen, the storm exposed a weakness in their attitude. And so how's your attitude as you go through this storm? Are you expressing the love of Jesus with a smile on your face? How many of you know that's what we should be doing as the church? Amen. Hugh Downs said a happy person is not a person in a certain set of circumstances, but rather a person with a certain set of attitudes. How many of you know we can find a fine lining even in what in the middle of what we're going through? Don't y'all agree? And so you have to work on your attitude, right? And storms reveal what's going on. And sometimes you just, you know, you say, how, did, how can you get your attitude better? Well, whenever you have an opportunity to have a bad attitude, that's how you work on it, right? Storms also reveal the condition of your heart. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, don't you care? How many of you know that was a reflection of what was already in their heart? And so Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in him. So the pressure and stress of life or the storms of life have a way of surfacing what's really in our hearts. And uh, if, if, there's, if there's good in there, the good's going to come out. If there's not good in there, the not so good's going to come out, right? You know, I heard that there was actually looting. People were looting houses that had been flooded. Anybody hear that? Well, how many of you know that's a reflection of what was already in those people? You are going to go loot people who's already lost everything. I mean, I'm glad that the Lord didn't put me in charge to be God. <laughs> how many of you feel, how many of you feel that same way? It's like, oh, it wouldn't be good. It's better he's God than me God, right? But you know, during this time, it's like, you know, some people, they want to try to take advantage of people. And then there are other people that are filled with compassion and saying, how can we help people? You see, storms reveal what's in our heart. And when we go through difficult times, that's the time where what's inside of us as Christians should surface. And that's where the love of God and the compassion of Jesus should come out like never before. Amen. And listen, if it's not coming out, it's a reflection of the fact that we have some more work to do. Come on, y'all need to help me preach this morning. Amen. 
And so, you know, what's been overflowing in your heart? Where's your heart been lately? We've been through a storm. Everybody in this room has been through a storm. And even if we say our house didn't get flooded, we've all been through a storm. Right? We've all been through a storm. But you see, you know, listen, I, you know, for me, I was overwhelmed with just being able to help so many people. It was just, you know, in command central up here, hearing how people were getting helped. It was overwhelming to me just to hear how many people were getting help. But it was also overwhelming to me to see how many gracious people that are in this church and in our community. That's the church. That's Jesus. Hey, listen, Jesus wouldn't be sitting on his back patio with a tidy when people's houses are flooded and they're suffering and they're hurting. Come on, I need a better amen than that. Amen. Because Jesus is touched with the infirmities of others, and so should we as the church. Amen? And so when I see the church acting and responding, it's a reflection of the Christianity in action. Amen? So I am overwhelmed with the generosity and the goodness of people. Amen? So storms not only reveal our attitude, not only reveal what's in our heart, storms reveal the level of our faith. You know, man... I was, I was snappy a time or two this week. Was anybody else snappy? Somebody please say yes. Don't leave me hanging here. Why was I snappy? Because I was overwhelmed with the stress and the pressure. Jesus only got snappy a few times. And it was, he was snappy at what he saw that he didn't think was right that was going on. But, you know, being snappy is an indication my faith level needs to be strengthened. And so, you know, I think that when you go through a terrible storm in your life, it reveals where you are spiritually. And Jesus exposed the real problem with the disciples whenever they said, don't you care? You know, I I take it like that's kind of attitude they had, you know, like, Jesus, don't you care? And he's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, hush, be still. And they're like, oh, okay. All right, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, would you like some fish to eat? We'd be glad to cook you some. But Jesus responded to them and he said to in Mark 440, he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And so he was really revealing, you know, what the root of the issue was. Storms. Reveal whether you have weak faith or strong faith. And how many of you know all of us in this room need to strengthen our faith more? Amen. And so, but you know, storms reveal whether your faith is strong enough to weather the storms you go through. It's not whether you go through storms. It's you're going to go through storms. It's how you're going to weather them when you go through them. And the only way you're going to weather them right is you got to have strong faith and trust in Jesus. Amen. The stronger your faith and trust in Jesus, the less, the less turmoil you're going to have on the inside. Amen. So how's your faith holding up? How many of you are realizing that, man, I need to strengthen my faith? I need to strengthen my faith. You know, listen, everybody's faith will be tested to a level that will will stretch their faith. But that's just an opportunity to just say, okay, let, let me just let, let me just hang on here. Jesus is for me. Is Jesus for us, gang? Does Jesus love us, gang? Does Jesus know where we are, gang? 
Is Jesus care about where we are, gang? Is Jesus going to help us where we are, gang? He will, right? He will. So I have to remember that, that Jesus is going to help us. Amen. I was getting overwhelmed with the magnitude of everybody's needs. And I need to remember, I need to have faith that Jesus is going to take care of everybody. He don't need me to take care of everybody. He's God. He's going to take care of everybody. I don't need to shoulder that. Amen. I don't need to fear that. I don't need to worry about that. He is on the throne and he's going to take care of everybody. Amen. The second truth that we need to remember when we experience storms is this. Storms always helps us become better people. It helps us become better people. Storms are never fun, but necessary to becoming stronger and healthier people. That's why James said in James 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking in nothing. You've heard the statement, no pain, no gain. That's a term they use in athletics. If you want muscle, you gotta hurt the muscle. You gotta put it, you gotta expose it to pain and your muscles will get stronger. Amen? But that statement can also be applied to spiritually. If we grow as we, as we go through pain and suffering, we grow. That's when we grow. We don't grow when everything's going good. We don't grow when everything is, we're prospering. We really grow spiritually when we go through pain and suffering. Do y'all believe that? That's why James says, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance produces strength, maturity, and completeness. We become more and more successful in life as we persevere through trouble and through trials and tribulations. If you give up every time you have a little bit of turmoil, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to win. You got to hang in there. Amen. And so the way that the Lord helps us learn how to hang in there is he lets us experience adversity. And the more adversity we experience, the stronger spiritual muscles we get and the stronger spiritual muscles we get, the more we can weather the storms of life. Amen. And so the Lord rathers us. He he looks at the big picture and he would rather us have a moment of discomfort and suffer a little bit if it's going to equip us and get us better set for this life that we have to live. And so God is not against us. He's not trying to torment us. He's not trying to cause us to suffer. He's preparing us for life. Amen. So how do you improve how do you improve your attitude? You got to go through adversity. How do you, how do you get your heart in a better position? You got to go through adversity. That's why we need to consider it all joy when we go through various trials. How I many of you know the Lord never wastes nothing? And you might not be able to see it right now, but I promise you, if you love Jesus and serving Jesus, there is going to be some blessings that come out of this that you would have never gotten in your life had you not gone through this. And I know that is true for everybody in this room. We might not see it. We might not understand how it can happen, but what Jesus can give us, we would not sell for any amount of money because his riches are the greatest riches that anybody can have. Amen. So I want to encourage you. You might not see it right now, but I'm telling you, Jesus is at work and he's depositing in you something that you're going to be glad you have. Amen. Yes, indeed. Sometimes we go through the fire so that our hearts can get set and get in a better position. In Isaiah 48.10, See, I've refined you 
through. Though not as silver, I've tested you in the furnace of affliction. Why would God allow us to go through affliction? Why would He allow us to have adversity? It's only because He wants us to be stronger. And so that's why James said, count it all joy. How can you count it all joy when you go through tough times? It's only if you got perspective of who you're serving. You see, if you have the picture that Jesus is some mean guy that's trying to inflict punishment on you, you'll never see it. You'll never, you'll never grow through it. You gotta see the big picture. How many of you know Jesus has got, he's got a mansion for us. He's got a home for us that'll never flood. Amen. It'll never grow mold. Amen. It'll never, it'll never mess up. And listen, we're on our way there. We ain't there yet, but let's hang in there. Let's persevere because we're going to be there one day. Amen. So let's hang in there. Amen. And so, you know, when a blacksmith wants to harden metal, you know what he does? He sticks it in the fire, gets it red hot. And then he sticks it in water and cools it down. And he keeps doing that. The more he does that, the, the stronger the metal gets. And then you can take that metal and you can break other metal with it. And that metal, you can use it to prop up anything. You can use it to do anything. And you know, the strongest people are the people that have been through much adversity. You know, I think about Mr. Bullock that spent years in concentration camp. And, and he's been around here and he, he lives in, in, in our community. And he spent a long time in concentration camp and he got, he got beat up and all that stuff. And you get around him and there's a stability about him. There's a peace about him. There's a security about him. Man, he don't get rocked by much. I mean, he's just like, I mean, I'm sweating and he's fine. He's cool as a cucumber, but he's been tried by fire. He's gone through adversity. None of us like adversity. But adversity gives us something that we could never get otherwise. Do, do you, are y'all hearing me today? You know, I was thinking about this. My little granddaughter, she's learning how to walk, but she's not there yet. And so, you know, she grabs a hold of your fingers and they get blue. And she's ready to go around the house. You know, but, you know, I've noticed... I like to inflict a little bit of adversity and not hold her steady and just let her learn how to balance herself. Because she's going to be able to walk if I let her experience a little bit of adversity. The more she experiences balance and how to balance, she's going to be walking on her own pretty soon. Right? But not only is she going to walk, she's going to run. She's going to run. And you see, the Heavenly Father, He'll hold our hands and he'll help us to walk, but he don't want us just to walk. He wants us to run. He don't want us just to make it through life. He wants us to thrive in life. He didn't come for us to barely make it. He came so we could have life and have it abundantly. Amen. And he's looking at us and he sees in us what we don't see in ourselves. And if he allowed us to go through this, he's already determined that we can go through this. And he's working on us and making us stronger than we ever have been before. Amen. Amen. So be encouraged. Hold your head high. You're coming out on the other side. Amen. Storms are never fun, but God uses our adversity for his honor and for his glory. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles 
so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves receive from God. For just as the suffering of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. What is that all saying? That's saying that God will comfort us and teach us when we go through adversity. And then he'll, he'll, he'll take a withdrawal on what he deposited in us. And he's going to give us a chance to go encourage others around us. And he's going to help people around us with the comfort with which we experience. And that's why some of us today, we can say to other people, we're going to make it. The reason why we can say that is because we've already experienced the deliverance of the Lord. We've already experienced his breakthrough. We've already experienced his faithfulness. And we're convinced that God is faithful. And so when we meet somebody that is not sure yet, we can look at him and say, God is going to see you through this, man. God is going to make you land on your feet. Just hang in there. Amen. So God is going to use what you're going through to to bring him glory and him honor. Amen. I was talking to a brother or texting a brother last night and just said, hey man, thanks for all the, all week long he's been helping people. After work, taking days off, all week. And, and I said, man, thank you so much. He said, well, you see, I know what it feels like to have your house flood and not know what to do. Be overwhelmed. I know what that feels like. So I want to go help as many people as I can. Because I know what it feels like. It reminded me of this passage. Whenever you experience affliction and God takes you through it, you now have something that you can give to other people and you can point them to your source. You can say, Jesus can help you. Jesus is going to see you through. I know it looks like, it looks really dark right now, but Jesus is going is to make the sun shine on you again. Let me tell you what he did for me. And you can tell your story. Amen? But how many of you know there are hearts that are opening all over our community right now? People's hearts are opening up to Jesus. People are letting you come into their house that would have never let you come into their house because they're hurting. They need help. You see, when you go in the name of Jesus, you're representing Jesus. And Jesus is, people are thinking, man, is this who Jesus is? Is this what his people are about? That they come help strangers they never met before? They come help people that, that, that don't, they don't need to help? And it starts formulating their mentality of who Jesus is. And some of them have the wrong mentality of who Jesus is. And listen, they have the wrong mentality of who the church is. Some of them think the church just wants your money and they're critical and they're judgmental. Well, this is an opportunity to show the community that we don't want your money and we're not judgmental or critical. We love you and we want to extend the love of God to you in Jesus' name. All right, come on. Are y'all with me out there? Come on, are y'all with me? This is our opportunity to let them see Jesus. Amen. People's hearts are opening up. Encourage you. Go down your road. Go down your neighborhood. Reach out to your co-workers. Help people that have need. Amen? 
three storms are never fun, but our adversity can launch us spiritually. The more we suffer, I believe, the more we can experience God's presence, God's peace, God's grace. It's kind of weird, or not weird, but it's kind of a, uh, it, it doesn't make sense in the natural. But when you go through suffering, it breaks you down in the natural, in the flesh. But when adversity and troubles break you down in the flesh, it opens the door to experience God. That's why most people come to Jesus through adversity. Because otherwise, they can do it on their own. They can make it on their own. I tell you, some people are repenting right now. Some people are forgiving people that hurt them right now. Amen? Some people are getting over their chip on their shoulder right now. Amen? And they're getting a breakthrough right now because their life has been weakened and so they can experience the presence of God like never before. Amen? And so, listen, so Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12.10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Storms and adversity weaken us in the natural, but it positions us to experience God's love and grace in a greater way. Amen? And then finally, we need to remember when we experience storms that God has provided everything we need to survive the storm. God designed you to make it through life storms. You're going to make it. You see, and if there's anything that I want you to remember today, remember this. You are going to make it. Listen to me. You are going to make it. Say, Todd, how do you know that? I don't know that. I know the God that you serve. You are going to make it. Amen. Come on. He's, you're going to make it. And so listen, you can make it through this flood that we're going through. And your storm might not be the flood. It might be a relationship. It might be financial hardship. You know, it, it might be something. It might be spiritual. It might be something not related to the flood. But I just want to encourage you today that Jesus loves you. And you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Come on. It's at these times that the devil tries to discourage us and make us feel like we're all alone and nobody cares and nobody and not even Jesus wants to help us. But I'm here to tell you, that's a lie from hell. Jesus loves you. He wants to help you and you're going to make it through. Amen. Whatever storm you're going through, come on, be encouraged. Come on, strengthen your faith today. You're going to make it. Amen. You're going to make it. Come on. You're going to make it. Come on. You're going to make it. Come on, say it. Yeah, I'm going to make it. Come on, declare it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do you make it? You build your life on the right foundation. That's how you make it. How do you survive the storms? Don't build your house on sand. That's how you make it. That's how you make it. you got to build it on the rock. And that's what Jesus said. Remember when he told that parable? He said, listen, there were two men, one built on sand, one built on the rock. They both experience storms. That tells us everybody experiences storms. It's not that the man who built his life on the rock didn't experience storms. He experienced storms too. But his life stood. His life made it because he was on the rock. 
And that's what verse 24 says. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is a wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. We know the rock is Christ. First Corinthians 10.3 says, They all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. So to outlast the storms of life, you have to center your life on Christ. That's the secret. That's the key. So listen, it's, it doesn't not go to church. I'm glad you're at church. Thank God you come to church. But I, I just want you to see this. It's not going to church. Now, I, I want to apply this point to two groups of people. And the first group is this. Some of you, you're at church, but you've never really surrendered your life to Christ. It's almost like you're checking out Christianity. You know, you're just kind of like, man, I, I want to just stay close enough in case, I mean, this is the right ship. I want to be able to jump on, you know. But listen, you're not going to get the benefit of weathering the storm if you just hang around the rock. You got to be on the rock. You got to get on the rock. You got to surrender your heart to Jesus. You can't, like, he don't play. Like that, that's, that's, is that Kajan vernacular right there? Man, he don't play him there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we can't like, you know, we can, we can deceive other people. We can, you know, we can, we can play games, but not with Jesus. You can't play games. It's like you're in or you're out. It's, it's, it's like white. I mean, it, it, there's no gray. Like you're in or you're not. Amen. Come on. Y'all agree with that saints? Am I telling the truth this morning? I mean, listen, I, you know how I know that? I tried doing the gray thing and it doesn't work. I prayed my little prayers, went to church, but you got to get on the rock. And listen, I'm not trying to like make you feel bad. I'm trying to get you on the rock. Amen. Cause the devil will, he'll let you play around the rock as long as you don't get on the rock. Amen. So you might be here today and you say, man, Todd, I've never asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I've never surrendered my heart to him. I'm not for sure that I'm a Christian and I want to be a Christian. If that's you today, I want to pray a prayer with you. Because Jesus wants you to be on his rock and he wants to make sure that you make it. Because, listen, he died not so some could make it, but so all could make it. All of He created every one of us in His image and He don't want one of us left behind. Amen. Y'all agree with that? Would you do me a favor? Let's stand together. Do me a favor and just begin to pray right now and, and just, just be still for just a moment. Remember a while ago I talked about storms help reveal where we are in life. And maybe just this flood where we are right now have you noticed how many storms we've been having in our world and our world is getting crazier and crazier? We're getting closer. Perilous times Jesus talks about. But Jesus wants to make sure that we all make it. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask everybody else to just begin praying right now for those that have never been able to have the confidence or the strength to make that decision. And if you hear today and you say, Todd, would you pray? I want to make sure that when I leave church today, that I'm on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you hear and you say, Todd, I want to pray that prayer. Would you just lift your hand? In fact, lift both of your hands. 
If you're serious about it, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. Okay, sir, I see you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. This is, this is the most important decision you could ever make. Anybody else? Just lift your hands right over here, sir. Anybody else? Right over here. I see your hands over here. Anybody else? Just, just lift your hands and just say, just pray for me. Now, if you want to make that decision, would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Say, Lord Jesus. In fact, let's all pray together, gang. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could build my house on the rock. Lord, today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I receive you into my heart, into my life. I want to live the Christian life. I need your help. Would you help me to live that life? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands and prayed that prayer, this is a big deal. I want to encourage you to just come up or go to the lobby at the desk there. We have a Bible for you. We have just some instruction material just to help you get started. Amen. And I encourage you, if you hadn't been yet, to get in our spiritual growth track. They can tell you about that. And God is going to help you. Like my little granddaughter, you might be a little shaky right now, but after he gets done with you, you're going to be running the Olympic marathon. Amen. He's going to make you a champion. Amen. Now, one last thing, one last thing. You know, I've noticed through the years, I've been in ministry now over 25 years. And I've been in ministry long enough to see these storms come and go. And every time we have a major storm like this, there's always an increase of attendance in church. And then after a few weeks after the storm, the attendance will level out to where it was before. And in my mind, what it tells me is that some people don't really make that much of a priority of their relationship with God until a storm hits. And saints, listen, we are going to heaven. We got our ticket of salvation. But listen, building your life on the rock doesn't mean you just pray a prayer and you get your sins washed away. No, building your house on the rock means that you make a priority of Jesus. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, we shouldn't wait till you know a storm hits to decide I need to get to church. We should every day make Jesus a priority. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, don't worry, sing, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Pagans are non-believers. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. That's a good word right there. Your heavenly Father knows that you need to dry out your house. Amen. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. You got to build your life on Jesus. Make Him the center of your life. Make Him a priority of your life. You got, you don't have to read your Bible. You should read your Bible. Every time you read your Bible, you're getting on the rock. Amen. You don't have to pray to get to heaven except ask Him to forgive you, but you should pray every day. Come on, I'm just trying to encourage you today. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make you stronger in life. Amen. So listen, how about up your commitment? 
How about up your commitment? How about even if you didn't plan on helping anybody? How about you say, no, I need to go serve somebody. I need to go live my life for Jesus and do something for others because that's what Jesus will want me to do. And every time we do something for Jesus, it helps us grow. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Now listen, I want you to see this last thing and then we're going to go. In Matthew 7, 24, listen what it says. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Anybody who listens, what does it say? Listens to my teaching and what? Follows. Listen, if you're a Christian, this is your key. You got to learn the word and do the word. And every time you learn the word, and you do the word, you're getting, you're getting closer to the center of the rock. Amen. You don't want to be on the edge of the rock. That might slip, you might slip off. Figuratively speaking. Are you, you get, you get what I'm saying? So listen, so I just want to encourage you. Even if you're in the middle of mayhem right now, start your day reading your scripture. I know you got a lot to do. Start your day reading the scripture. Start your day bowing your head and just say, Jesus, I got too much to do to not have your help. I got too much going on to not need your help. Jesus, get on the rock. I need you today. Amen? So it's not just the one prayer. It's the living your life on the rock. Are y'all with me? You got to live your life on the rock. Amen? And if you live your life on the rock, you're going to weather the storms of life. The winds are going to come. The floods are going to come. But you rock your life. We'll stand. And you'll outlast the storm. The storm will come and go. And you will outlast it. And you will land on your feet. And you will be able to declare in the house of the Lord, you serve a faithful God that loves you and that has seen you through. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord just a good praise offering. And thank Him. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His grace. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you, God. You are good to us all the time. Lord, may your hand of grace and favor and blessing be upon the people of God today. In the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Hey, love you guys. Love you. If we can do anything for you, let us know. God bless you. Let's go out there and be the light of Jesus. Amen.